When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. Put down $5 on these games. If you're a new customer, you get $150 in free plays, NBA playoffs. All right. Now, joined by the lead man for 24-7 West Coast recruiting, Mr. Greg Biggins. Hello, Greg. How you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Not too bad. First of all, it's a privilege to be talking with you. I've grown up uh, reading you. Um, Obviously, I'm I'm a very uh, active over on Jason Shear's Wildcat Authority Board, so you're a big name over there, so appreciate you hopping make me, on. Make me feel a little bit old with the growing up, reading uh, kind of thing. But right? you know what? It's also a sign. It's all. It's, a, it's an homage to somebody that knows more than I do, so look at that. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. When, now, when Jed Fish was hired uh, at Arizona, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thought, um, well, I kept thinking it might be – Antonio Pierce, right? That was kind right. of some of the some of the buzz, and and I, I knew Jed a little bit from when he was at UCLA, and then uh, you know obviously he was he was beloved by Josh Rosen, who I knew really well, and Josh doesn't like anybody, so right. <laughs> um, Josh was was you know effusive in his praise for Jed, but I, I still I'll be honest with you, you know I, I wasn't sure, you know I didn't didn't have a, a lot of head coaching experience. I was curious about the staff he put together. Um, and I just, I just wasn't sure. I had, I had questions, right? And I think I was probably not alone when, when, uh, when that first hire made. And then we talked, um, and I kind of, kind of, you know, just wanted to touch base. And I listened to his plan and, and what he wanted to do, and kind of how we saw recruiting going, and and what his vision was. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm kind of a believer in what he wants to do. You know, he wanted to be really aggressive. Want to get a young uh, staff that was going to be just. Um, a bunch of grinders when it came to recruiting. And I've always known him as being a really good offensive minded coach and also a really good quarterback coach. You can't take that away from him. And I know he's been around uh, some elite coaches, which doesn't always, you know, translate, but you know, he had been around, you know, Sean McVay, a Rams fan. I got to throw him out there first, right? Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Uh, so he, he had been around and, and again, smart guy knows offensive football. And the staff he put together, I thought I, I was really impressed with obviously, you know, last season struggled a little bit, but as far as the, the future and the vision he had, I, I became kind of a believer uh, right away in what he was saying. And obviously we saw him put together maybe one of their best recruiting classes of all time at U of A last year. 
Greg, what really stuck out to me is I think at Arizona, and again, you you see all of your USC's, your Oregon's, where you've got some real advantages. Arizona doesn't have a ton of built-in advantages from a local base to a ton of tradition. I've always felt to succeed here, first and foremost, you have to want to be here. You have to embrace the grind of Arizona football. And honestly, you've got to put together a staff full of recruiters. And that is the thing that when we've interviewed Speedy Luke, when we've talked with uh, Kean Burnett, they say, man, they are relentless. When you commit to Arizona, a lot of times, or when you commit to a school, a lot of times, the schools kind of back off a little bit. Hey, we got that commitment. To a man, everybody said, when Jed, when I committed to Jed Fish, he was recruiting me even harder than after we committed. And I think that's really something to show about something about being in there and laying that foundation. I mean, it, it kind of speaks of what modern day recruiting has become. And for me, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the case. Like once a kid makes a commitment, that doesn't mean anything, right? A lot of times right. that just that just kind of tells other schools, okay, now we know who our competition is. Right. Which is why you see a lot of schools, you know, they'll they'll want these guys to commit almost silently, you know, kind of right. keep other schools backing off. But no, you, you have to be relentless and, and recruiting your own kids. And it sounds crazy, um, but other schools will continue. And, and if it's I'll actually hear kids tell me. Yeah, they're not they're not talking to me as much as they used to. And my response is like, why should they have to? You already gave them a commitment, didn't you? And they're like, yeah, but I still want to make sure, you know, they want me. And, I, and I'm like, no, the idea of an early commitment is you get your spot locked in and they can kind of move on. Right. And I have to babysit. And that's why I, you know, we're going to go on a little segue here, but it's why, you know, I was never a fan of having the early signing period so close to the late signing period. I said, hey, let's do the early signing period in late summer. So those guys right. can sign and then the colleges – uh, don't have to babysit 20 kids for the whole entire year. Uh, again, that's kind of a little bit of a tangent, but um, no, Jed Fish and and that staff. I mean, the, the, the staff as a whole really seems to enjoy recruiting, and that's a lot large part of it, right? A lot of coaches kind of see it as a, a necessary evil, but I, I think Jed likes to chase, and they have, you know, Johnny Nansen likes to get after it. Um, I, I don't want to start naming a bunch of coaches. I'm going to leave, leave some guys out, but they got a staff that really seems to enjoy the comp competitive nature of it. Brennan Carroll, uh, probably Pete Carroll for me was, was the best I've ever seen. And with him, it was all about competition. I mean, you couldn't be around Pete um, more than five minutes and he, that word competition came up in every single thing and it became recruiting that that was Pete's deal. And so obviously, you know, that that's Brennan, right? That's kind of what right. he learned from. And I think that kind of spreads throughout the whole entire staff. So Really excited to see kind of the direction this is going to go and kind of see how things play out in a couple of years. All right, let's talk Noah Fafita because he was obviously the commitment that kind of got things rolling. You've been watching Noah a long time. My amateur observations, then I'm going to give it to the expert. Obviously, not the tallest guy in the world, but there's two things that stuck out watching, um, watching spring camp and then watching, obviously, the scrimmage. His arm is more than good enough, and he understands football. Things just kind of come naturally to him. You can tell that football at the quarterback position comes a little bit easier to him than maybe some others. What have you seen from all your years of watching Noah? Yeah, no, I mean, he is uh, – I mean, first off, his le his, les, his dad, Les, uh, right. runs one of the top Pop Warner programs in, in the country, Juice County. And so Noah was, was raised, and, and all of his uncles coach football at a high level. So – um, I think that does help. You know, Noah was raised on the game and his overall his feel for the position, um, you know, quarterback, 
physical tools, obviously, man, I'm not trying to downgrade that, but so much right. about being a great quarterback is, is shoulders up, right? It's, it's how quickly can you process? You got two and a half seconds, right? With chaos around you and how quickly can you get the ball out? How quickly can you kind of read a coverage, anticipate? Um, you know, it, it's, it's so technical, you know, it's, it's changing a blocking scheme. It's audibleizing. It's doing all kinds of stuff and then getting the ball out and then make it an accurate throw. Um, you know, nothing, you know, drives a coach more crazy than you see a guy break open and the quarterback right. has time to throw, you know, fight song about ready to get, get played and, and the ball is overthrown, underthrown. Uh, Noah's a guy who accuracy, accuracy, uh, being accurate is probably his best attribute. Um, toughness is a big deal for him. Competitiveness is a big deal for him. He's, I mean, he's got a chip, right? I mean, he's 5'8", right. 5'9", and he's been told his whole life, you know, you're too small. So he goes to Servite and he plays. And though, for those who don't know or not familiar, the Trinity League is probably the toughest league in the country. Mm-hmm. And the two main power teams in that league, although top to bottom, it's really strong, are modern day and Bosco. And he could have went to either of those two schools that wanted to kind of go somewhere else uh, and kind of, you know, maybe knock off the giant, right? That was right. a big deal for him and his dad. And, you know, about six or seven other kids all went to Servite together, you know, whether it be Burnett or, or Manu, T-Mac, mm-hmm. uh, they're all Juice County kids. And and he came close. You know, I, I'll tell you what, man, Noah came very close. They did beat Bosco in a CF semifinal game and played modern day a couple times and played him extremely close. But, uh, you know, I just I'm a huge fan of Noah, you know, phenomenal kid, great leader, um, just a future captain for sure. And and, you know, talk about the arm strength, you know, I watched him in the Polynesian Bowl and he he does have some juice. No pun intended. He, he's got an <laughs> arm. For sure, right. he, he sometimes he needs to he needs to reset it a little bit, right? Some guys it's just a flick of the wrist. He kind of needs to you know step into a little a little bit. Um, but he's got plenty of arm, and uh, he's got an ability to escape. And I wouldn't want I would never want to recruit a statue, man. He's got the ability to escape pressure, extend plays outside the pocket, throwing from crazy different arm angles, and just the way he processes in, in his feel. And man, he, he is he was like a college level quarterback at the high school level because he's just so smart and. Um, so, I mean, I, I love him and I, I love him, the family, they're awesome. And I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him to have a, a great career at U of A for sure. What really sticks out and this kind of dovetails into the Noah point is this wide receiver recruiting class that Arizona brought in. Now, again, you've been covering Arizona. You've been covering the West Coast for a long time. Kevin Sumlin, Rich Rodriguez, not exactly bringing in a ton of big name wide receivers. You look up and down this list here, Greg. You've got Tatora McMillan. You've got Kevin Green. You've got Kean Burnett. You've got A.J. Jones. You've got, I mean, depending on how you want to put Speedy Luke, he can be lined up. This is a class that, at the wide receiver position, that almost seems like it would be a good class at almost any school, let alone Arizona. Agree. I mean, T-Mac could have played at Alabama, right? right. I mean, he's that level. I mean, for me, he's a, he's a five-star talent. Um, you know, you look at Drake London from USC, you know, same stage, T-Mac was, was a better athlete. Um, mm-hmm. with better body control and a better, you know, just a better football player. Now, obviously, Drake made a huge jump at USC, but if we're kind of comping them at the same stage in their development, you know, right. T-Mac was, was, I mean, he's gifted. I mean, he does some things that are just so rare to see. He's not a burner. He's not going to ever run a 4-3, but neither was London. Right. Um, you know, and just to, you know, I could talk about him forever, but no, you, you mentioned that receiver class. And I think some of those guys, I think A.J. Jones is, is extremely underrated. Kevin Green, man, after the catch, explosive. I think Speedy Luke's a guy, another guy, great. You mentioned, you know, running back, but great hands. I've watched him a ton on the seven-on-seven circuit. You can put him in the slot, and, and he'll do some things there. I mean, you cannot coach a guy who's 10-2, right? Right, That's, you just can't. 
you're just you're gifted, right? Some guys are just gifted. Not we're on don't it's not a level playing field for I could train forever and I'll never run a 10 2 <laughs> or 11 2 for right. that matter. So, uh, and again, I think that speaks to Noah. I mean, I, like people want to play with him, and that's why I'm I'm really curious about this year, 2023, because I, I mentioned Jed and that staff work unbelievably hard and they and they sign a great class but if we're keeping it real a lot of those guys were coming in with noah right mm-hmm. if noah's not there you're not going to probably get t-mac right and you know maybe not getting kevin green or aj either that those guys wanted to come play with noah now it's, it's again not that's not taken away from the staff they worked hard but so let's see 2023 um we don't have that that guy who kind of rallies everyone else um, right you know but obviously so far good Braden dorman I, I like him a lot seen him in person man this guy is kind of not the opposite of Nova. He is the guy, the big, strong, 6'3 pocket guy who doesn't need, you know, the little crow hop in the pocket. Doesn't need a reset, man. He just, boom, falls out. Um, you know, I, is I, I he like a kid that could, is, is Brayden Dorman a kid that if he had played his recruitment out, could have probably played at a good percentage of schools? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you put them side by side with a lot of, you know, high, you know, a lot of these kids that are going to, you know, pick a school, you know, I mean, he he's pure with it. Right. Man. The drops, the mechanic, the, the arm. Uh, again, I've, I've seen him at seven on seven events throwing with those other guys. And uh, I mean, he, he, he can bring it. Absolutely. So and the tape checks out as well. So I think that was a steal for Arizona, for sure. And I, I don't mean to say sometimes you say steal. It's almost like you're insulting the school. Right. Right. I, I think that was a really good pickup. But, uh, you know, that receiver class, again, just to finish that point, you know, a lot of it was, was Noah them wanting to play with him. And then I, I think, again, Jed's got, you know, he's got a very good offensive reputation of being both a quarterback coach, but also scheming and, and, and as a play caller and, you know, you, you talk to different players who've been around him in the past and, you know, people at Michigan, I mentioned Josh Rosen and just, you know, he's he's going to be a really good offensive coach. And and so it's not I think it's an easy sell for offensive players, skill players want to go and play for Jed. And then obviously, Noah was huge as well. The kid that I want to do and then moving on to 2023, Jonas Savanea mm. now comes in. He obviously doesn't have the hype of a guy like a T-Mac, but just standing next to him. And I think, and Jed Fish put this out in one of his press conferences as well. You don't generally see young men like that that can carry the amount of weight at 300 plus that he already is. Is was he a little bit of a late bloomer? What do you expect from him at the college level, there, Greg? I mean, so what happened to him? Obviously, you're familiar, with, you know, with the whole COVID thing. And so right. in Hawaii, they didn't, you know, they didn't play at all. So right. that kind of completely shut down his, his junior year. And so we're kind of waiting on senior tape. And then some at the Polynesian Bowl and loved him. And, you know, in hindsight, kind of kicking kicking myself now. Man, he, he should have been rated higher. And we saw it, you know, it just right. – but like you said, you know, for us, our, our rankings are an NFL draft projection. Right. And it, it, crazy as it sounds, um, there's not a great track record of offensive linemen who weigh over 300 pounds in high school getting right. drafted high. There's actually more converted tight ends, guys who are right. tight ends in high school – they are higher ranked um, in terms of getting drafted more frequently than a 300 plus pound high school kid. Cause it's such an athletic position now. And if you're 340 already, you get to college and it's, you know, it's hard to shave off that weight, but you know, this is a kid who can do it. You know I mean? This is a guy who moves well enough. Um, I, I love the anger. I love the physicality. For sure. I like the feet, the balance, the strength, the tough. I mean, he's, he checks off a lot of the boxes. And if we had seen him more than just that week of, of, of the Polynesian bowl and also at the Poly Bowl, you know, they, they it was a really relaxed environment. It wasn't like the All American game um, where you just have guys going head to head. It was pretty lax for the most three or four days. Not a lot of one on ones. No, they didn't pad up. So we didn't get a chance to really see him a, a lot in that environment. But you know, I think he's a future pro for sure. 
What does Arizona need to do on the field, in your opinion, in this 2022 season to be able to continue this momentum? Because obviously the first year, you know, Jed Fish can say, you're, I'm coming in. We've lost 12 straight games. You know, it's about building a vision. Now you've got a little bit more talent in there. What do you need to see on the field, Greg, to continue to be able to move this these recruiting classes forward? I mean, I, I've said it a lot, and you got to win some games, right? Again, you, right. you come in and you can sell vision. You can sell future. You can say, hey, you know, these aren't my guys. You, you can get away with winning one or two games. But the second year now, you, you got to win. You don't need to win 10 games, but I think you got to show some some improvement. Um, love to see them win, you know, five or six, six games. Don't have any ugly, you know, non-league losses like they had last year. Right. Um, so I, I think, and again, you can lose games, but if you if you're losing games, but you're you're watching how they play and you're kind of seeing, okay, you know what, they're close, right? They're, right. they're really close. And then all of a sudden, now that year three, now it's like probably half the roster is your guys. Now I think you can build on that. But this year, love to see them win, you know, four or five, even six games. And the games you lose, don't get blown out and 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 just be competitive and and you know show signs of you know having you know offensive defensive you know, show signs of, Hey, you know, we're close, you know, we, we just need some bodies, but look at our scheme and our, it fits. Yeah. This is going to work. We just have, you know, some better talent uh, and, and, you know, we'll out coach and, and we'll develop guys. So I think that's what you want to see this coming fall. Okay. Now let's, let's the state of Arizona, obviously Phoenix has exploded with talent. Most of these kids don't stay home. I mean, heck, even a couple of years ago, you had a historic class in, at uh, South Point Catholic where you had B. John Robinson, Lathan Ransom, uh, John Fina's son, who none of them really considered Arizona. What's what's the difference? Why can't Arizona, why can't ASU make any kind of real inroads with the elite level kids that all just seem to leave? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I've, I've asked that before because I think the state of Arizona is really good. You know, you kind of, mm -hmm. you know, just talking West Coast, um, you know, California obviously probably has the most. But after that, you know, some years it's Utah and some years it's Arizona. But those top 10 guys from Arizona are as good as the top 10 guys in California or, or anywhere else. You don't have that same depth, but those, those first five, six guys, even going 10 deep are all really good. You know, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know what it is. You know, I right. think a lot of these kids, um, you know, growing up, you know, you don't really hear too many of them say, you know, my dream school is ASU. My dream school right. is university of Arizona. You know, obviously basketball is a different story. Right. But you know, for football, you know, a lot of these guys grow up and it's, it's Oregon, it's USC. Maybe even you hear a Washington, if it's a West coast school, now you're seeing national programs come in, right. You're seeing a Texas come in. You're, you're seeing the Florida schools have always been involved. Notre Dame has always been involved, Michigan, Ohio state. And even in California, um, you know, we're seeing, you know, this past year was, was better, but there were years, I think just maybe even two years ago where all the top guys, you know, DJ, Uwe Young and delay and Bryce young. And, and a lot of these guys were flocking out of California. So it's not just now an Arizona thing. It's a West coast thing where I think people are seeing, you know, watching the NFL draft and seeing, um, a lot of, you know, sec representation and watching the college football playoff. And, and they're seeing a lot of sec schools with right. your occasional Ohio state, your Clemson. So I think a lot of kids, you know, if you're Arizona, or even ASU, you have to somehow convince these kids that, okay, if you come here, um, you know, we're going to coach you and develop you. And you got to somehow get them to think, you know, at the big stage, it, it can, can be right here. If, if you stay in state, right. And we can all you guys, you know, we can compete, right. you know, for a, a PAC 12 title, but it's, it's hard because historically, you know, these kids are, they're not dumb, right. They're, they're watching a lot of these big new year's day bowl games and they're not seeing a whole lot of PAC 12 schools, and like they said, they didn't grow up, you know, as their dream school being one of the two in-state schools. So I think that's why it's so tough. 
What's your take on Jonah Coleman running back, obviously coming in, going to be a freshman, graduated early, got a lot of run in the spring here, Greg, really raised some eyebrows. What do you think about it? What do you think about Jonah? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a banger, man. He's a, he's a big 200 and whatever he is now, over 200, but man, right. he, he can get downhill. And when I say banger, I mean that from a football standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Not gang related at all. He's a right. kid, right? But no, again, I've seen him in, in, in several different settings, whether it be a camp, whether it be a seven on seven. And for his size, man, he can move. He's got a little bit of wiggle. You don't want him to, to dance around too much, right? That kind of drives you crazy. You see a big back trying to get too cute. But he can get downhill. He's comfortable catching the football out of the backfield. You love the size, the physicality. He's, he's that kind of back that can come in and, and you know help wear down the defense for sure. All right. Before we let you go, and again, I can't thank you enough for your time. You're fantastic. A couple things. First of all, right now, would you say it's fair to say uh, in the 2023 in classes that Arizona's got a little bit of a uh, got a little bit of a flair to some of the recruits where you're keeping an eye on Arizona to see what they're doing? For sure. No, for sure. I mean, I think what they did last year, it's it's kind of funny. You, they're doing a great job of selling this because every kid I talk to, they always bring up last year's recruiting class. Right. You know that that's coming from somewhere, right? Because right, for sure. Don't always aren't always that perceptive. So they, they see that, hey, they signed maybe their best ever 22 class. And so they're like, hey, I, you know, you can you can sell that. Hey, come be a part of this. You know, we're going in the right direction and look what we just did. And, you know, and we're and so. Yeah, the, the staff continues to recruit extremely hard. I, I like what they're doing, and I think it's going to be – it may not be the same uh, highly rated class last year, but, shoot, it, it might, might might be. I, I don't know. I mean, I just spoke to Roderick Robinson, you know, a day mm-hmm. ago, and Arizona is smack down the middle of his top three or four. Um, there's a handful of kids that have U of A in their top three or four. You, now you don't get any points for second place, but they're involved in the top five with a lot of top kids. So I think they got a chance to pull in a second – a second back-to-back really strong recruiting class. And then before I let you go, what about Jed Fish? Because Jed Fish is a guy that when you're around him, like you said, you talk with him and you're immediately, after a while, you're like, this dude gets it. I can see yeah. this work. And what, what about it with, what about it for you was you're like, okay, I can see this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he's a regular guy, right? He, you mm-hmm. don't, he, when you talk to him, you don't get the feeling that he's, you know, that he he's arrogant. You, you don't get the feel um, that he, he's an active listener, um, but you, you listen to him speak on, on football and he's able to kind of like uh, make it more, what's the proper word? I, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I think he can speak to a kid, um, a parent, a high he's school. He's able coach. to break it down to, a, to an easier level than a lot of people are able to break it down to. Yeah, yeah no, it, he, he speaks your language. Probably the right. best way I can I can say it. So whoever he's talking to, man, if you, if you want to talk X and O, man, he can obviously do that, but he's a, as a way of talking to kids and families and parents and just making them feel comfortable. And right. and that's so much of it. And some of these coaches kind of kind of come across as being the smartest guy in the room, and they probably are. But you know, Jed has a way of just kind of making you feel like, you know what, I'm I'm comfortable. I can speak with this guy about anything. And and it's a real family environment. Man, I, I think they did they did a phenomenal job on other official visits last year. I think a lot of them, you know, went to Jed's house and they were like, right. dude, you know what? It felt like family. Every coach says it, but at U of A, this is talk quoting the kid. Everyone talks family, but at U of A, you, you actually can feel it and sense it. And we just watched how he interacts, not just with us, but with other players on the team, currently on the team, how he talks to my mom and dad. And, and so they did a really good job last year, just kind of building that, that family bond. And, and kids, you know, you, kids are a lot of things, but they can usually smell BS pretty easily. They can For tell sure. it's a used car salesman type of vibe. And with Jed, uh, he does a really good job of being approachable, comfortable, and, and just easy to talk with. 
He's Greg Biggins. Again, 24-7 sports is your one-stop shop for everything. Everybody's into recruiting. Football, Greg's got you covered on the basketball side. Greg, um, you do a great job. Follow him on Twitter as well, Greg Biggins. But again, I can't thank you enough for coming on, my man. Appreciate oh, you. It's always time. fun, man. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. All right, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. He's Greg yep. Biggins. Sounds good. All right. And I mean, you're not going to find a guy who's more connected in the entire scene than what Greg Biggins is right there. And we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to break down what exactly Greg was saying right there, because this is a dude that is on the front lines of basically everything that's going on when it comes to recruiting. But first, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Put in five bucks right now, get $150 in free plays on these NBA games New customers only, though. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you all taken care of. Again, 21 and up, Arizona only. All right. Greg Biggins said a a couple things that I think really we really need to talk about right here. First and foremost is the common man mentality that is Jed Fish, which I think is incredibly underrated. We've had Speedy Luke on multiple times. And each time he said, talking with Jed was like talking to one of my friends. It wasn't like talking to a guy that I had to go through three different sets of doors and say, I'd like to be able to talk with coach. It was like, hey, I can just shoot you a text. And things like that are incredibly underrated, I think, when it comes to recruits. The other thing, too, Jed Fish wants to be here. Um, I've become fairly friendly with Dave Hickey over the years. Name drop right there. I think Dave's a really good dude. And Dave has told me from day one, and I've quoted him off record. He said, you got to want to be here. You've got to embrace the grind of recruiting at the University of Arizona. Because again, you know, it's not like it's a USC where you've got everybody in your backyard. You've got to be able to show kids why to come to Arizona, what that vision is. And Jed Fish is a guy that, you know, has been waiting for this moment his entire life. So when he sat down to be interviewed, there weren't any questions that weren't unanswered. Jed Fish was ready for everything because Jed Fish has been preparing for this moment for 15 years. That's where you're at with Arizona. And he was able to implement it. I, when Jed Fish was hired, I had no clue what to expect. The first thing that really stuck out to me, though, was when he said recruiting will be the lifeblood of our program. Now, you hear that a lot of times from coaches. I mean, Kevin Sumlin said it. Rich Rodriguez said it. Guess what? They didn't really mean it. When you started seeing the names that Jed Fish was bringing in, your Doherty's, your Brennan Carroll's, your guys like that, your Kevin Cummings, your Scotty Grams, these are guys that are good recruiters. These are guys that connect well with kids. But then you wonder, okay, is he is this going to be something that he's going to be able to follow through on? And that was really going to be the thing that was going to make me the most interested in what was going to really happen right there. And not only did he follow through on everything, he went above and beyond. And again, I'm going to use, uh, I'll use Sterling Lane and Kean Burnett as an example. Both of them said it was awesome. After I uh, committed to him, he's uh, checking in, seeing how my, uh, my parents are doing. I want to say one of them said that, uh, you know, wished him happy birthday, all kinds of stuff that where you're, uh, you're thinking to yourself that, man, this guy really does get it. This guy really does care. And caring is just a huge part of it because like you said too, you know, Greg Biggins said, 
kids can see through a lot of the BS, and that's where that's where I think Jed Fish really gets it. We're going to talk a lot more about this tomorrow. Again, want to subscribe? Go to GoPHNX. You got everything covered from the Wildcats to the Sun Devils to the Cardinals to the Suns. Everything you need in-state, this is your one-stop shop, kind of like 24-7 is when it comes to recruiting. Um, again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, you know the drill. You put in five bucks right now, it doesn't even matter who wins. You get $150 in free plays. It's that simple. It's that easy. It doesn't, like I said, doesn't even matter who wins. All right, just wanted to wrap up a couple quick little notes right here. Um, Arizona basketball, tip of the cap, Philip uh, Bobacannon. He's committed. He's in. We're going to be talking some more Arizona basketball with uh, uh, Brad Alice tomorrow about that. Again, Adia Barnes, two big-time commitments. We're going to be talking uh, more about that as well. This is a good time to be an Arizona Wildcat fan right now. It's not that there wasn't ever, but things are really going in the right direction. So, again, Greg Biggins, can't thank you enough for hopping on, my man. Uh, for everybody out there, uh, Jed Fish, keep doing what you're doing because um, – things are going in the right direction. You're bringing in talent we haven't seen around here. But again, for Greg Biggins, I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.